If you don't stop, you'll never stop, right? There's always going to be something. So stop it. Open your eyes already, you know? Go do some real research. And you will find that the two towers were still up as they were telling you that they were being attacked and they were falling down, already fallen, and they were just fine. Because it was all asylum. Just like everything else. But when you go and do your research, then you see it eventually. No, there weren't planes either. Hmm. <sighs> you know how they duped everybody? Because they made them see those videos with the fake planes, you know, the models. And that's how everybody got. Well, they were models, they weren't real. And then the stories, the heartbreaking stories, that's how they get you. So, you know, everybody, we all got suckered into here and there, that's the thing. But when you admit that, you know, yeah, fuck, the, the lie is big, it's easy to get suckered into here and there, you then realize much faster how to recognize them because you no longer let your ego dictate what you do. But yeah, you're right. They don't care at all about what we say. That's why they get so upset. So we're reading How Dogs Love Us from a neuroscience perspective. <laughs> Chapter 5. Go get the book and for those who can't read for whatever reason, that's why we do this kind of stuff. And also because nobody does it ASMR style, and it's just nice to have a different kind of contact, you know? Some people like it, and even if you have one or two people who like it, it's worth it, in my opinion. Of course, it's not worth it monetarily, I get that, but since money driver, you know, money has been driving things, look where we are today. Do you think it's a really drive, good drive to have? Just question. So maybe there is a way to um you know make it work so that um it's possible to do monetarily but also where money is not the drive i don't know just a you know idea to change things that don't work obviously but again you know those who don't give a fuck about others and pretend they do they are doing just fine it's hilarious <laughs> So, chapter 5, The Scanner Dilemma. 
Do you think eventually he'll get to the point where, you know, he's gonna tell us about how they actually love us? Or do you think we're just gonna go through every single step they went through? <laughs> Is that what he said in the beginning? I don't remember anymore. It's been so long. I've been having dreams about this book a little bit. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've been having dreams about books and scanners, it's true. Uh, those big tubes, you know why? It's because of the claustrophobia, probably. So. <laughs> they weren't scary, though. It was just like wearing... Also, it's the ASMR that came out that sounds very poltergeist and mixed with fucking either dimensions kind of thing. And it really makes you... <laughs> I don't know, I've been dreaming about that and this and... They've been interesting dreams, I don't remember them all. But when I wake up, I am really rested, and so it's good, it's working for me. That's all that matters. <laughs> the scanner dilemma, yes, that, that was a pun on the people who are like that, yes. I laugh at my own puns like crazy people after all, I'm crazy, remember that, right? I'm crazy and clearly nobody cares about what they say. <laughs> Oh, well, Andrew and I, we're pretty sure we could figure out how to scan a dog's brain. We had neglected to consider a minor, though important detail. Where? The dog project needed a home. The lab had been captivated with the big question, figuring out what goes on in a dog's brain. Details like the type of brain scanner, or where to find it, were just that, details. Up until this point, I hadn't been concerned. The best part of being a scientist is when the ideas are coming so fast and furious that you can't even write them down. You don't have time to worry about details, they just get in the way. But eventually we had to confront the practical aspects of pulling this off. And the first detail was finding an MRI facility that would let us bring dogs into its scanner. Yerkes National Primate Research Center, located about a mile from the main MRI campus, was our first choice for the MRI scanning. Nestled in a valley lined with southern pines, Yerkes seemed ideal. I think it's Yerkes. I can check. If they have a pronunciation, that's why I don't like. It's like if English names are so difficult to pronounce, just go to phonetics, then so people can sort of get it right, right? Like, at least we can try. <laughs> so, Yorks, it sounds like Yorks. <laughs> it was a short story. I'm sorry about my stupidity, but I, I'm always glad that I make you feel better. That's, that's what I aimed at, so I'm obviously very successful. <laughs> it was a short drive from the lab, so we could easily move our equipment there. And because it was off the main street, it was also quiet and peaceful. The last thing we wanted was to scare a potential canine subject with a trip through a busy intersection. From a dog's perspective, I imagine Yerkes would look like a walk in the woods. Yerkes also specialized in the study of animals, primarily monkeys. 
Andrew and I congratulated each other on our good fortune. We had come up with, an, with the idea of scanning the brain of a fully awake dog and one of the premier facilities for the study of animals turned out to be right in our backyard. In fact, there are only eight such facilities in the United States. Yerkes even had an MRI scanner dedicated specifically to the study of animals. A friend and colleague of mine, Leonard, Leonard Howell, was director of the Yerkes Imaging Center, oh, what a coincidence, and invited us to take a look at how they scan monkeys' brains. Although the Yerkes MRI Center is unusual in the sense that it was purposely built for the study of how primate brains function, it is actually not that unusual to have such a facility at a veterinary, yes, so it is a charm school, or even at a high-tech veterinarian hospital. Any and all medical diagnostic tests performed on humans are now also done on animals. The challenge with obtaining an MRI of an animal, however, is that the subject must remain absolutely still. In a veterinary setting, this means sedating the animal with medication. But sedating an animal means that you can no longer study how the brain functions. Leonard had pioneered a new approach to study monkeys' brains. Instead of sedating the monkeys, he had figured out how to scan their brains while fully awake. This was a big deal to neuroscientists. Yeah, especially because monkeys are so similar to humans. When you administer drugs that render the subject unconscious, you change brain function in a major way. And also they're revealing you what really happens to your brain when you take that shit, by the way. Just pay attention, you know, if you can. How this happens is not really understood. But they know it all, so, you know. While the unconscious state is interesting for its own sake, most neuroscientists spend their time trying to figure out how the conscious brain works. Well, of course, because you know, ultimately, they want you, if they want you to be in the five percent of you know what uh, affects your reality all the time, you need to understand how to keep you there. Oh, don't be negative. Factual is not negative. Stop confusing me. Having confidence when you know your enemy and what they're up to, you don't have anything to fear. It's when you don't know that you live in fear, and that's why you don't want to look. Stop being in fear. There's nothing to fear. The only reason why they keep going is because they have your consent. Read that thing. Understand what you're all forgetting. And remember, everyone who goes and fights wars is under a mind control spell. There's nobody anywhere on earth who is a regular person who really would be that way without the mind control and the fake bullshit that they convince them to be truth. And once you realize it, you stop fighting with your brothers and sisters. And also you stop objectifying yourself. Having conscious subjects, animal or human, is critical. Working with monkeys is a dangerous business. Monkeys are mean. 
Not if you don't give them food. I'll ignore you mean. More like, if you don't give me food, I will rip it from your hand and eat your finger and chew off your face for dessert mean. It's true. This presents certain logistical problems for scanning their brains, especially if they are to remain fully awake. What's more, because they are closely related to humans, diseases can pass between the species with ease. For instance, HIV, the virus that causes AIDS, that bullshit virus has been debunked. So, again, um, realize who's writing this book, you know? But uh, still kind of interesting. I always like to see, you know, the other point of view. It's believed to have originated in African chimpanzees. Monkeys harbor a strain of the herpes virus that is fatal to humans, which can be passed along if, for example, one spits on you, which monkeys often do. The monkeys also have to be protected from us. If humans can catch diseases from monkeys, the opposite is also true. Monkeys are particularly susceptible to tuberculosis. For all these reasons, Scientists must take extraordinary safety precautions to work around monkeys. Andrew and I made special arrangement to see how Leonard and his team scanned the brains of fully awake monkeys. After registering at the security desk, we were escorted through a series of key doors and deposited in a changing room. You need to gang up Leonard's assistant instructed. From this point forward, everyone must be fully protected. This means gowns, face masks, and eye shield. The so-called eye shields covered our faces entirely and were claustrophobic. They also had a tendency to fog up. The face masks were the surgical type. God, just reading this makes me, you know, things. The combination of shield and mask that makes speech about an effective has, as effective as talking into a pillow. Our first stop was the training lab. Three one-sized stainless steel boxes lined one wall. They resembled the small refrigerators, but the husk-type handle suggested something akin to a pottery kiln. These are the training boxes, the assistant said. Opening one revealed a sterile interior with white enameled walls and a cubby for devices allowing tubes and wires to snake out various pieces of monitoring equipment. On the other side of the room sat an upright tube constructed from PVC plumbing material. A foot in diameter and three feet tall, the top end was capped with clear plexiglass. A four-inch slot was cut in the center of the cap, and a plastic shelf sat below the slot. The assistant explained, this is the restraint device. The monkey has a collar around its neck that fits into the slot. With its head poking through it, through, it rests its chin on the shelf. Andrew pointed to a pair of hoses that were attached to the bottom of the device. What are these for? Waste drainage. Pushing the resulting image out of my mind, I asked, how do you get the monkeys to go in there? 
The assistant pointed to a metal rod on the, on the wall. That affixes their collar, and then we can steer them into the device from a safe distance. So far, none of this was looking appropriate for the dog project. I kept silent though, still eager to learn anything that might be useful for us. The device kept the monkey from escaping, but it wasn't clear what would keep its head still. Okay, give me a second. Yeah, sorry, this is a long line. So, sometimes I need to do something like, you know, move a pot <laughs> before it burns. And this gives me a chance to drink. The assistant pulled a pink block of foam from a shelf. This is how we mobilize the head, he explained. First, we make a mold of the monkey's head, which is used, is then used to make a positive cast with plaster. From that, we use a gel-type material to make a soft cast, which fits snugly around its head. We cut holes from the eyes, nose, and mouth. This gets clamped to the restraint device. And the monkeys cooperate with this, I asked. They learn, he replied. We shape their behavior through rewards. It takes about six months to train a monkey to go into the restraint device. What are the boxes for, Andrew asked. Those are conditioning boxes. Once the monkeys are trained to go into the restraint device, the whole rig is placed in a box. We then train them with lights and sound. Trained for what, I asked? To get addicted to drugs. Right. Leonard's research group was studying the biology of drug addiction. To understand addiction, you need to look at the whole process, from the first time somebody uses a drug to the point he becomes addicted. Because it is unethical, obviously, to get people addicted to drugs, Leonard uses monkeys as a standing. Oh, yeah, because that's so much more ethical. The assistant continued Once they are trained to associate cues with drugs, we take the whole rig to the MRI scanner so we can see what is going on in their brains while they're craving drugs. Are you ready to go down to the scanner? I couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah, no shit. Because the MRI's strong magnetic field affects computer equipment, the control room is partitioned from the main scanner room. When we entered, a young woman draped in a surgical gown was staring intently at a computer screen with several brain images. She was not pleased to have visitors. Who are you? She snapped at me. Have you had a TV test? 
I honestly couldn't remember when I had last been tested for tuberculosis. Fortunately, Andrew distracted her. I have, he announced cheerfully. Leonard's assistant explained that we were there to observe MRI scans of monkeys. The monkeys being scanned that particular day were from a different research lab. Because they had not gone through Leonard's behavioral training, these monkeys had received a heavy dose of sedation. One monkey surrounded by three veterinary technicians was in the scanner when we entered, attached to monitors that reported vital signs like heart rate, breathing, and body temperature. Another monkey was on a cart, recovering from anesthesia. I almost walked right by it, until it started twitching, with muscle spasm as the sedation wore off. We took the opportunity to explain what we were trying to do with the dog project. The vet techs were not enthusiastic. You're going to have to monitor that one said. Vital signs and core body temperature. How do you do that? Andrew asked. Rectal probe. Why would we do that to a dog that isn't even sedated? I asked. It's standard operating policy to fully monitor all animals undergoing a procedure, she replied. But we're not doing a procedure, I protested. The dogs will be trained to go into the scanner willingly. She wasn't buying it. Who is going to be with the dogs? Us, the dog trainer and the owner. She shook her head. I suppose you two are okay because you're university employees, but no outside visitors. Although it was clear there was no convincing this woman, I pressed on. Look, would you volunteer your dog to be in an experiment without being present? I suppose not. Even so, you'll have to convince the review committees. Andrew and I had seen enough. It surprised me that one of the nation's premier animal research facilities wasn't more encouraging about the dog project. But we were more determined than ever to find the right home for it. When I got home that night, Callie and Lyra greeted me with unusual attention. Instead of jumping up and down as they usually did, they sniffed my feet intently. As I walked through the house, they trailed me from a respectable distance, focused on my feet. They knew I had dragged monkey stink home with me. Logistical problems aside, I realized there was no way we could do the scan at yours without those monkeys. Yeah, no, no kidding. The main thing is that they were the human monkeys, right? <laughs> and there you go. That's the end of uh, chapter five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the next chapter in the next one, I think, because I know it's short. It's only like twenty three minutes. There is no verbal cut at this time. But um, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna just make it separate so people can easily separate them. And remember, go on the Odyssey site if you wanna see the podcast there, because I add this stuff there. If you miss it on the live stream, because I don't have set time yet, I'm sorry. Do you have any problems with set times? Unless I have appointments, it's really difficult because of the 
Send him my guys and all that shit. So I have to work on that stuff, and that's why I just don't put sad times because if I know I can't guarantee them, it's pointless. That's why I look at Hey, that's why I'm working so hard to get rid of them so I can actually live a normal life <laughs> without negativity, though. <laughs> uh, poor things. There you go, let's do a little bit of relaxing before I close this one down. So, do you think eventually we will get to the juicy part? It's like a lot of detail. And I brushed my teeth and I took a shake. And I farted. Farted, farted. She's sleeping, she's not farting much actually. The little dog. Only when she eats Stinky flowers. Was the pink fairies? I think the flowers or something like that. They're cold. They're very stinky. So they're very pretty to look at, but don't don't smell them. They smell like a different part of the fairy. Apparently, as per Suki, you know, quoting Suki from. Gilmore Girls. That always made me laugh, actually. I was like, oh, you noticed that too? <laughs> but I always like to smell flowers, that's why sometimes they go, why did I do that? <laughs> Ignorance sometimes is a problem. Yeah, because if you know about the flower, you can go try and smell it, right? <laughs> it sucks sometimes not having good memory. Or, you know, having that kind of memory that you mix similar name up very easily 
yeah that's also a big deal so but that's why I double check and when I make the mistakes I just laugh it off because it's like if you know you have some kind of uh, impediments what's the point of being pissed about it just you know you work on it you try and get rid of it but you don't get pissed off along the way it's pointless you're gonna have ups and downs it's life right so it's so serious. Anyway, I'm gonna stop it here and then we're gonna read the next one as we move along.